these are my nephews and nieces, and I'm gonna get a little emotional, but um, I am helping my brother raise, raise him. He's a single parent, and I'm helping him raise all three of them, and uh, we've had him for eight months already. I mean, I cry, I cry at night, and I wonder what we're doing, if we're doing the right things, how we're gonna do this, but we wanna walk in his path, we wanna stay in his path, and we just ask for his Holy Spirit wherever we go and whatever we do. Oh, I'm just so thankful, I'm so thankful that they're with me, I'm so thankful that I'm able to share my love and give them all the joy and happiness. Um, it's not easy, but these three little angels, for some reason, God put them in my path. And I'm not going to question him. I'm just going to do his will and do his work.
know that we serve a great God. And that great God is in this place today. He is fighting for you every battle you are facing. Our God is great.
I've been going throughout this day I felt that there's people that have walked into this auditorium tonight and maybe like me you feel a little overwhelmed you feel like you've walked in and and you're walking through stuff and you're dealing with stuff and you've come in tonight and and you're just needing to be in the presence of God the presence of God is in this house And I want to remind someone, it may just be for one, but the peace of God is in this house. 
There is a peace of God that can calm all fears. You may be dealing with anxiety in this place. You need to know that the presence of God is here. And where the presence of God is, there is peace that can calm anxiety. The presence of God can calm any type of mental illness that the doctor has labeled you with. The peace of God, which passes all understandings, can take the weight of the world off of your shoulders. We want your presence, Lord. Sometimes all you have to do is just sit in his presence. Sit in your presence, Lord. Everything I am, I break it for you, God. All my fears, all my worries, I lay at your feet. Come on, he wants to hear your worship. He loves to hear you worship. Let your peace fall. Let your peace fall, God. All of my worries fade away, God. All of the weight it falls down in your presence, Lord. You may have walked in defeated. God wants you to know tonight that he is fighting for you. Fighting for you. He says, I'll fight your battles, Lord. He says, I'll fight them all. In my presence. You're focused on a specific battle. You're focused on a specific problem. God wants you to know that he's fighting it. Never leave you, never left you once. He says he's by your side. Make me aware of your presence, Lord. Come on, lift up your voice. He wants to hear your worship. There's nothing sweeter than the sound of his children worshiping him. I encourage you, if you've never done it before, if you're comfortable, lift up your hands to the Father. We're in the middle of his presence. He's in this place, a peace that passes all understanding. Oh God, I want more of you. He's gonna fight it. He's gonna fight your battles. He'll fight them for you. next few moments let our prayer be that we are aware of your presence in this place God Lord I want to be aware of when you're by me I want to be aware of your voice Father speak to us in this place Thank you. 
God's reminding me of something. Oftentimes we sing songs about his love being compared to the force of a hurricane. And I used to live in Houston, so I'm familiar with hurricanes. And I don't know if you've ever seen the path of a hurricane, but nothing can stand in the midst. Nothing can stand against the force of a hurricane. Trees that have stood for 50 years, trees that have stood for 100 years, problems that have been there for 100 years, for generations, the curses of generations, nothing can stand in the wake of the hurricane type of love that God has for you. There's still people in this place that you're fighting discouragement. There's still people in this place that you're struggling with fear and anxiety. That's okay because God is in this house. And just like we sing about the love that is that of a hurricane, let me tell you from experience, nothing in your life, there is not a generational curse that has been there for a hundred years that his hurricane type of love can stand against. There is nothing that you are facing that God's love is not stronger than, that is not bigger than. So I encourage you for the next few moments, we're going to cry out to God because he is in this place and he has come tonight to break the chains and to 
For you alone can save 
Because what we're just saying is absolutely true. You bring us back to life, God. Sin doesn't make us bad. It makes us dead. But you, because of the resurrection, you bring us back to life, Father. And tonight, we celebrate with these families. We celebrate with the 34 who made a commitment to follow you with all of their heart tonight. And we celebrate with them in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Let's worship. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I'm going to attempt to wrap this up because it's just really, really awesome tonight. But if you would just very gently go back to your seat in the same spirit, have a seat. And we're going to wrap up service here in a few moments. But 93 individuals gave their heart to the Lord, said, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. That's an incredible, incredible statement of faith tonight seeing them be water baptized. Worship team, phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. They're already good. They do such a wonderful job on water baptism nights. They don't ever know how many people are going to, they just say, we're going to worship till you tell us to stop. So we thank them for what they do. And again, thank you for being here. Tonight, as we just kind of bring this to a head, I want to just share a brief story and then we're going to take the offering and we'll be dismissed here. But before... We, we end tonight. I just want to tell you a story. A story of when, when Jesus was, was in his prime in ministry. In John chapter 11, Jesus is going to put a statement of all statements. We've been in kind of a series entitled I Am, but water baptism just came in. I said, Lord, you are, so we're going to let you do. And I don't have to preach every single Wednesday when we've got 93 people being baptized. But we started off this month with this, with this introduction to God in the Old Testament saying he was, I am. And then Jesus shows up in the scene in the New Testament and he picks up this theme of I am and he begins to, to, to say seven statements, I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am healer. He said, I am the true vine. He said, he said, I, he picked up that I am who I am. And he proved that through the death and resurrection on the cross that we celebrated a few weeks ago. But there's a story in the book of John really quickly where he's going to make, I think, the most profound statement. The reason why tonight we celebrated. He's going to make the statement, I am the resurrection and the life. And so I'd like to just very quickly, I promise I won't keep you longer than we normally are here, but I want to just turn to the book of John chapter 11, and we're going to read this. He says, I am the resurrection and the life, verse John chapter eleven twenty-five. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. How is that even possible? He's blowing their minds about how is this even possible? If I die, how am I alive? And tonight we just represented that, that it was a resurrection. It was dying to sin and coming alive a new person. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And a man named Lazarus was sick. Now, if you don't know who Lazarus is in the New Testament, him and Jesus were buddies. The Bible says this, this was someone that Jesus loved. The Bible says that he was sick and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. He's dying. They're, they're, they're sending the SOS. They're sending the U, ASAP. You need to show up, Jesus. Like, we know who you are, but, but we need you to be who you are here right now. Have you ever prayed that prayer? God, I know who you are, but I need you to be that right now in my circumstance, in my situation. And Jesus does something interesting. He says in John chapter 11, verse 4, when he heard this, Jesus said, 
The sickness will not end in death. I love that God always has the final word in our lives. He's not going to die. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Here's what happens. They come to Jesus. Jesus, come now. He's sick. And Jesus says, it's not going to happen. Take a breath. And then he stays where he is for two more days. I mean, it'd kind of be like seeing the ambulance show up at your house and then, uh, uh, you know, letting your loved one be taken away in the ambulance and you go, I'll catch up two days later. You know, like that, that's unheard of. If you ambulance showed up and your loved one got an ambulance, you're hanging on the back of that thing. You're getting inside. You're following behind. You're doing what you want to be there. But Jesus does something interesting. He waits there two more days where he is. The Bible tells us that even his disciples were like, uh, everything all right? Um, and Jesus finally says, okay, two days have gone by. Let's go. Let's go, hang, let's go find Lazarus. And the disciples are like, wait a second. Do you remember where that place is? That's the place where they tried to kill us last time. Like, they're waiting for us. If we go there, uh, Jesus, it's a dead end. Like, we're sure going to die if we show up there. And Jesus goes, we're going. And the disciples are like, okay, it's our death wish. You know, Thomas shows up and he's like doubting. I mean, this is where we first see his, you know, his character. He's like, let's, okay, guys, we're going. Let's go to die. Everybody, let's go. Let's go to die. We're going to go follow Jesus to our death. And they show up, and of course, Lazarus has died. He's dead. Been dead for a couple of days. The Bible says four. And even Mary says, uh, or Martha, excuse me, says, um, he stinks. It's that bad. It's, he's been dead. And Jesus shows up on the scene, what we would say, conveniently late. He's late. And Martha and Mary are freaking out, and everyone's just in this panic. And he shows up and something pretty remarkable happens. So when Jesus gets there, the scene is everyone's sad. They're just, they're devastated. This Lazarus, this is your friend. How could you let your friend die? They're just wound up in the moment. And they're just, they're confused at Jesus. And actually Jesus weps. He actually cries over this moment. His heart is broken because anytime we lose somebody, it's a broken, it, it, it hurts. But everything changes in a moment. Bible says in John chapter 11, verse 23, this is where we got our phrase. And Jesus says to Martha, his sister, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again, Jesus. You know, the resurrection many, many years from now. She was almost being a little sarcastic to Jesus. On the last day, and Jesus goes, um, I said to her, Jesus said to her, excuse me, no, I'm the resurrection and the life. That's the context of that phrase. There's a dead man in a tomb. Now, Jesus knows he's about to be a dead man in a tomb a few days later. And he looks at this moment and he says to a dead man in this scene at a funeral, I'm the resurrection and the life. The, the, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever, leaves, be, excuse me, and whoever lives by believing in me will never, be, will never die. And he asks them this question, do you believe this? That's the question that Jesus still answers, asks us today. Do you still believe what, Jesus? What what are you asking that we believe? That Lazarus is dead? We know he's dead. He's been in there four days. He smells. We know. Death is, what are you asking? He says, no, do you believe I am the resurrection and the life? Isn't it interesting that he doesn't say, I I can resurrect people. I've done it and I'm going to do it later. He doesn't say what he can do. He puts himself, he says, I am the resurrection 
and the life. He doesn't say, you know, this, what you're about to see, this is going to be some resurrection stuff right here in a moment. You ready? No, he says, I am. He puts the resurrection on himself and he owns it. And the resurrection, a few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. But can I tell you, Easter is not what we celebrate. We don't celebrate the date on a calendar. We celebrate the person. The resurrection story is Jesus. He's a person and he brings people back to life. And he looks at Lazarus' tomb and he tells his disciples, roll the stone away. And they're like, for real? He smells. You're, you're. But they do it. They roll the stone away and Jesus just speaks. Lazarus, come out. And the Bible says that Lazarus in his grave clothes comes stumbling out of the cave. And the people are just in awe of what took place. And I learned this when I was in Israel, that Jewish culture, why, why four days for this moment? Because in Jewish culture, they believe that the spirit still hangs out after two or three days. It kind of just hangs out. So it wouldn't have been that big a deal. But because it was day four, they knew that Lazarus was gone. He was gone. Like he is gone. His spirit's not here. It is the end of the end. I'm here to tell you tonight, if you feel like it is the end of the end of your life, of everything, your dream, your marriage, whatever you're dealing with, the Bible tells us that he is the resurrection and the life. He can take what was dead and bring it back again. He calls and Lazarus comes out. I find it amazing in these two stories, just simply this. That in Lazarus' story, he tells the disciples to move the stone. Because Lazarus can't do it. He's dead. But in his own story, do you remember that story where he is, Mary and Martha go, Mary goes to the tomb to see Jesus, and what? The stone has already rolled away. Anybody help? The stone's already been rolled away. In your life, you may say, I don't have the strength to do it. And the reality is you, you absolutely, you can't bring yourself back to life. You can't even get out of the funk that you're in. Sometimes it's just beyond you. You're trying to move that stone and bring something back to life and you can't. Jesus, who is the resurrection, didn't need anybody to help him move his stone. He moved his own stone. And when the guys got there, the stone was already moved. Who helped him? The Bible says it just rolled away. That's just how cool Jesus is. It just rolled away by the power of who God is. He is the resurrection and life. And I just want to ask everyone in this room who just watched 34 people confess publicly that he has brought them back to life. Do you believe this? Do you believe he is the resurrection and the life? Because I do. I do. My challenge to us tonight is that we would own that in our own lives, that we would truly say, Jesus, you are it's not just something you did. It's not just an event on a calendar, but you are. Father, in this room tonight, as we wrap up, God, let us grab hold of this. You are the resurrection. And anyone who believes in you, God, though they die, will live again. That's the promise. You stepped into eternity. You came down here, Father, and you bridged the gap that we couldn't bridge ourselves. You stepped in. You were the sacrifice that we should have hate. It was our sins, but you took that sin upon yourself because you are the resurrection and the life. And we celebrate that tonight in Jesus' name in this room. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you. for. I just, in that moment, that's just what the Lord laid on my heart. Um, tonight, we're going to end this service just receiving tonight's tithing offering.
I'm gonna invite no one to leave but the ushers to prepare themselves as we transition here and we thank everybody for being here. Seriously, thank you. You don't know what it means to the people in this tank to hear your cheers and your celebration when they come out of that water. They, they realize they're part of a family now, that they're not alone. So thank you for cheering and being a part of this special day. If you're giving tithe offering tonight, if you're giving by check or by cash, make sure you put that in a tithing envelope. Fill out the documents there so we can have record of your giving. But if you're giving, you can also give online. You can give, uh, if you're watching online, you can give there. If you're giving at our kiosks, we have those available, as well as our text to give uh, opportunity as well. You can give through that. However you give just tonight, let the Holy Spirit just lead you in what, you, what you're supposed to be giving in your own heart. But let's pray together as we end this service. Father, I thank you for this incredible day. Another day that's marked in their history time, and their life, God, where you transformed them, where they took a stake and put it in the ground and said, you are the resurrection and the life in their life. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of that special day in their lives. Lord, I pray that you would bless the gift and the giver tonight, that we would be obedient to you, God, that you truly gave first and you model what it means to be a giver. And tonight we just want to partner with you and give what belongs to you and resource, God, your kingdom as you do what you're doing around this community and through this church of making new, making great in San Antonio. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.